Why don't you just bow with me for a minute as we talk to God before we look at his word and see what he has to say for us today. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have this morning once again to look into your word. And I thank you for the fact that your word is powerful, that it's alive, that it speaks to us where we are right now, and it touches the issues that we deal with. Thank you for the reminders that we have from the Word of God. And as we look at a few of those, would you just touch our hearts? Would you encourage us? Would you help us to be reminded of who you are and what you've done for us? And we pray that it be your words that, that we hear this morning, that we understand, not mine. And we'll praise you for what you say to our hearts in your name. Amen. A title this morning as I start this little uh, sermon, this little talk, is just a reminder. I don't know about you, but I need reminders from time to time. Um, we have two children, uh, Talia and Justin, and Talia does fairly good at remembering things. She's, she's pretty good. You can give her a list of things, and usually she remembers each one of the things on the list, and, and she does them. She's human like everybody else, and so from time to time she may forget. Justin is different. Justin doesn't remember a list. We, we found when he was really little that we could give him a list of things to do around the house or whatever it was, chores, and he would go and do the first one, but then he would tend to forget what else. So we learned early that with Justin, you had to give him one thing at a time, and he would remember the one thing, and after he was done that, then you'd give him the next. And we're all different. We all remember things differently. Maybe you're like Talia and you're good at remembering a long list of things to do, or maybe you're more like Justin where one thing kind of catches your attention and, and that's what's got you for right now. I forget important things. I, I write them down or I put them in my phone. I mean, you're probably like me. Maybe you have an app on your phone that reminds you of things. My struggle is, is I put them in on my calendar and then I forget to look at my calendar. So I still don't remember. Or maybe you're like me and you have a little notepad and you write things down on the notepad. It's a sticky note and you stick the sticky note on something and then you forget that you stuck it there and so you forget anyway. We need to remem remember things. We need to be reminded of things because we forget. And so this morning, I just, I just want to take a moment and I want to do just a reminder. Just a little reminder. Sometimes we forget things on purpose. We decide we don't want to remember something. We, we don't want to put our mind there. And so I want to call a couple of things back to, to your remembrance this morning. Maybe, maybe they've just kind of slid away and you've forgotten. Maybe you chose for a little bit just not to remember. Or, or maybe you don't even know these things at all. But I, I want to bring them to you this morning. Here's the first truth that I want you to remember today, and that's this. God is still God. This, this could be on your mind. In, in the middle of what we've faced over the last seven, eight weeks, maybe you're sitting there this morning and you're saying, is God still in control? Is he really big enough to handle all of this? Does, does he really have this? Is, is this... Is this outside of maybe God sitting in heaven and he's like, well, it's just the world. They'll be fine. They've got through other viruses. They'll make it through this one too. Is God still big enough to handle this? I want to remind you of this truth. God is still God. 
Let me read a couple of verses from Isaiah chapter 43, verses 10 to 13. Let me read these for you. You are my witness. This is the Lord's declaration and my servant who I'm, whom I have chosen so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. I am God. No God was formed before me and there will be none after me. I, I am the Lord. Beside me, there is no savior. I alone declared, saved, and proclaimed, and not some foreign God among you. So you are my witnesses. This is the Lord's declaration. And I am God. Also, from today on, I am he alone, and none can rescue from my power. I act, and who can reserve, reverse it? God is still God. This is from the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah. And God is saying, look, remember that I alone am God. I am the one who's the Savior. There was no God before me. There'll be no God that's formed, that, that you can create, that becomes bigger than I am. We put things in our, in our mind that, that sometimes become our God. Sometimes it's material possessions. Sometimes it's another person. Maybe it's my job. Maybe it's my family. But God's saying, look, there's no other God that you can form that will ever replace me. I alone am God. I'm the one who created. I'm the one who designed. I'm the one who put it all together. I alone am God. Maybe you remember the story of Moses and the nation and the children of Israel as they were in the land of Egypt. And God came to Moses and he said, Moses, I want you to lead my people who are in slavery in Egypt. I want you to lead them out of the land of Egypt. And I want you to go to Pharaoh, and I want you to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. It's time. It's time that they get out of slavery. You've had them long enough. You've had them in bondage. Now you're going to let my people go. And Moses was really nervous. He didn't want to do this. And if you remember the story, he said to God, he said, God, who do I tell them sent me? And I love God's reply. He says, tell them, I am sent you. I am. There's no one else but me. I am God. Revelation 21 verse 12 says it this way. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last I am, I was at the very beginning before all the world that you know was created, and I will be here after it's all gone. I am God. Folks, this has not changed today. The God who started everything that you know, all that exists in your world, he made it. And he will still be here after it ends because he will be the one who ended it. He is God. I am God. There is no other. I am God. And no one is like me. I declare the end from the beginning. And from long ago, what is not yet done, saying my plan will take place. And I will do my will. <laughs> Folks, this is all part of God's plan. God is still God. You can still trust him. He's not changed. He's not gone away. He's left. He's not left. God 
is still God. I need you to remember that today. Be encouraged by the fact that God is still the same today. Truth number two that I want you to kind of wrap your mind around and get in your head is this. God knows you. God knows you. I want to encourage you today with this thought, this truth, that you're not by yourself. You're not trying to make it on your own. Not only is God in control and he's still God, but he knows you. He has time for you. He knows exactly who you are. He knows everything about you. Listen to these verses with me, if you would, from Psalm chapter 139. I'm going to start in verse 13 through 18. Listen to this. For it was God who created my inward parts. You, God, knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and when I was formed in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me when I was formless. And all my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. God, how precious your thoughts are to me. How vast their sum is. If I counted them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake up, I am still with you. Did you see all that we just read there? God knows you. <laughs> he knows you because he made you. He knows every part of you. He knows the anxious thoughts that you've had this last week. He knows the frustration that you've had because things are going slower than you want or you can't do things that you normally do or you can't go places the way that you normally go to them. He knows all of that. He created you, but he didn't just create you and wind you up on it with a giant spring and let you go. And when the spring runs out, you just kind of die you know how the little toys that you wind up and they run around the room and when the, when the spring runs out, they're all done and you got to go wind them up again. God didn't do that to us. God knows every bit of you. He put life. He breathed life into you. He is the creator who is completely involved in every aspect, every part of your life. The verses we read there in Psalm says this. It says that your days are numbered and planned by God. God knows what's going on in your life. And before you took your first breath, God already had a plan for your life. You are precious to God. God loves every aspect of you today. God is thinking about you right now. You think, how can that be? There are billions of people in the world, but God is thinking about you. He's thinking about me. He's thinking about what's best for me and for you right now. 
He's thinking about what you need in your life right now. He's thinking about the people that you need to be an encouragement to you in your life right now. He's thinking about the people that you need to encourage right now. He's thinking about you. In Ephesians, Paul tells us this, that God chose us before he laid the foundation of the earth. Wow! I'm just this little guy sitting in South Paris, Maine, teaching Mossbrook Church right now, but did you know that before he laid the foundation of the earth, he knew about me? <laughs> and he knew about you. God knows you. In another place in scripture, God reminds us of this fact that he carried you, carried me since our birth. In other words, his hand, his strong hand, his incredible hand of strength and mercy and grace is carrying you. It's maintaining you. It's keeping you going. It's sustaining you even now. God, by his strong right hand, lifts us up and carries us in the middle of things that we don't completely understand or we don't necessarily like or maybe they make us nervous or anxious. God is there and he knows you. God knows you and loves you. He cares about you. God is still God. Third truth that I want you to kind of be reminded of this morning is this. God created you for his glory. Let me say it again. God created you for his glory. Throughout the book of Isaiah, Isaiah makes these statements. He says that, now this is what the Lord says. The one who created you, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Everyone who bears my name and is created for my glory. He created humanity back in the Garden of Eden. He created Adam and Eve in his own image, in his own likeness, for his own glory. You were created for God's glory, to bring glory to God. Now, you might be sitting there this morning in your sofa or in your easy chair having your coffee or, or wherever you find yourself this morning. You may be sitting there saying, okay, Tim, that's great. I was created for, for God's glory. But how do I do that? How do I bring glory to God? Well, you bring glory to God by, by allowing God through his spirit to transform you, to change you. Let me read a verse to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Here it is. We all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The word transformed there in that verse says this. It means this, to make a dramatic change in character or in life. Or maybe a dramatic change in appearance. You've all seen the shows, right? Where, where somebody goes in and they're going to get transformed. A transformation show where they transform their looks from how they've lived for the last 20 years. And they go in and they do their hair and their makeup and new dress and new clothes. And they come out and they've been completely transformed. They look totally different. Or maybe, maybe it's one of the house shows where they go in and they rip the house all apart and, they come, and then they have the big reveal at the end, all the rooms of the house that have been transformed, they've been changed. 
Well, that's what God wants to do in you and me. And scripture tells us this, that as we look in the mirror of the Lord, as we get into the word of God and we study it for ourselves and we see who God is and we see who Jesus, his son is, and and we see who the spirit is, then that person of God begins to transform our hearts and our lives and change us into the image of God himself. And as we're changed into that image, we bring glory to the one who created us. But we have to allow the Spirit of God to change us, to transform us. Romans chapter 6, verse 13, the last half of that verse kind of tells us a little more of how that happens. It says this, But as those who are alive from the dead, that means those who are Christ followers, those who are in Jesus Christ, as you offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourselves to God, as weapons for righteousness. What it's saying is this. This verse tells us this, that as we give ourselves over to God, as we say yes to God in our lives, that all the parts of our lives, not just, not just one part, maybe, maybe not just the part that shows up on Sunday or the part that does its five minutes of Bible reading or a little bit of prayer, but all the parts of our lives as we offer those to God, I like this, they become weapons of righteousness. Wow, that's interesting. Weapons. That's, that's offensive. That's, that's going on the, on the offense for God. That's doing work for God. I thought of these verses from Psalms 101. It's David talking. And you ought to take a minute and read those verses sometime today. But, but let me tell you what David says about being on the offensive or, or a weapon for righteousness. David makes a few statements in that psalm, and he says this, I will pursue integrity. That's what that offensive, of, of, uh, a weapon of righteousness means. I'll chase after what's right. I'll, be, I'll pursue integrity. David says, I will not let anything worthless guide me. In other words, nothing that, that is not from God, nothing that is not of the person of God, that's not going to guide my life. Only God will guide my life. I will hate crooked living. I will stay away from perverse ideas. I will not tolerate slander or gossip in my life. I will not put up with conceit or pride in me. David's making some big statements, but that's what it means to be a weapon of righteousness. It means that I pursue with every ounce of my strength the character and the person of God, and I chase it to the point where it consumes me and the people around me see it. And that change, that transformation is so evident that the people around me know that I am different, that something has happened to me. And as that change takes place in me, I bring glory to God. I bring glory to God because my life becomes a picture of Jesus Christ. You bring glory to him by telling everyone you know about Jesus, right? My life is transformed and I live more like Jesus. And because I live more like Jesus, now I begin to tell everybody that I know 
about Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15 says it this way, Indeed, everything is for your benefit, so that as grace extends through more and more people, it may cause thanksgiving to increase to the glory of God. This verse tells us this, that the more that I talk about God, the more that God transforms my heart and gets a hold of me, the more I talk about Jesus, the more I give away Jesus to other people. And the more that I give away Jesus, the more his name increases and increases. And the more people know him, the more thankful I become for what he's done in my life. Pam and I in our devotions over the past week or so have been back reading the book of Acts again. And at the beginning of the book of Acts, one of the things that has grabbed my attention, and it always does, is as the church starts, it's in the end of Acts chapter 2, the first time that they talk about this, that the people begin to get together and they read the word of God or they, they listen to the disciples tell the truth of who God is. They begin to practice their discipleship with one another. They begin to have communion together and fellowship together and live for God together as a community. And it says that they share everything and had everything in common. And the end of that passage says this, and God added to the church daily and their numbers kept growing. And then you see all the way through the book of Acts that little church, were, little churches were planted in little towns as the disciples went out and shared the truth of Jesus Christ. They brought glory to God by sharing the truth of the love and grace of Jesus Christ. And you and I, that's what God wants from us. He wants us to bring glory to him by sharing the truth of the change, the transformation that God has made in us. He wants us to give that truth away. And in the middle of a hopeless situation where people are frustrated and, and life is not the way that it normally is, folks, now is the time to share the change that Jesus has made in you, the hope that you have in God, in Jesus Christ. Now is the time to give that away. Now is the time to share that with the folks around you. Remember today, you can bring glory to God by sharing the love of Jesus Christ with your neighbors, with your family, with the folks you work with, you have an opportunity to bring glory to God by how you're being transformed and what you're saying to the folks that you know and love. So today, I want to remind you, I want to encourage you, God is still God. God knows and remembers you. He knows everything about you. He loves you. He provides everything that you need. Everything that you're going to need this week, God has it. He knows you. He knows before you ask what you need. So go to him. Ask. He's like a loving father who loves it when his children's, children come to him and ask for what they need. God knows you and loves you. And your purpose this week, today, your purpose in your family, your purpose at your job, your purpose this week in the community that you're living in is to bring glory to God. Remember, remember that just because life is different, 
we're still called to be active followers of Jesus Christ. You can do it. Be the church this week. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to live it out each day. Thank you that you're still God. You're still in control. You still have us in your hand. Thank you for the fact that you know us. You love us. You remember us. You have not forgotten us. And you care about everything that we face. Thank you. And thank you that we're able to bring glory to your name by continually being transformed into the image of your son and then giving away the love that we've received from you. God, grant us the grace and the strength to live for you this week and to be an example of your greatness to the folks that we rub shoulders with. In your name we pray. Amen.